Good morning, coffee drinkers. This is Matt Hayes. Thank you for tuning in to the July 12th, 2021 edition of the AGS podcast, Let's Grab Coffee. I just finished up my first cup of the day while uh, finishing some editing, trying to get this podcast online. I was down in Panama City Beach, Florida over the July 4th weekend with some family. And for this show, I sat down with my nephew, Jeffrey Elkins, who is a Division I college baseball player. Just a few days before we got together, the NCAA announced some changes regarding their NIL regulations. That is name, image, and likeness. These are regulations that have historically prevented college athletes from monetizing their name, image, and likeness and any uh, evidence of them doing so would be cause for them to lose their amateur status as an athlete in that sport and therefore lose their college uh, eligibility. So I thought it would be fun to sit down and talk about this from the perspective of an athlete. Uh, This is a little bit of a deviation from what we normally talk about on the show, but this is about the business of sports. This is a business podcast, so it all ties back. Uh, This podcast, we actually recorded a very, very long show. I'm going to be uh, breaking it up into either two or three installations. This first installation is the interview with Jeffrey Elkins. Uh, Afterwards, I have uh, another guest, uh, but because of the, the length of the recording, I thought it would be best to Uh, release it over a number of installations. So you can look out for the next installation in this series on Friday. Uh, I would love to see you guys check out our social media presence. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. And of course, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget about our website, www.aspengrovestrategic.com. Lots of great information about what we're doing, lots of content regarding industry insights. Uh, If you would like to contact us and ask us any questions about who we are, what we do, how we do it, you can send us an email with any inquiries to info at aspengrovestrategic.com. And of course, on our website, www.aspengrovestrategic.com, there is a contact form that you can fill out and we will get back to you very quickly. So hope you love the show. Hope you get some fantastic insights into the world of college sports. Hope you tune in to the next show on Friday. And above all else, I hope everyone has a fantastic week and starting the day off right with a fantastic cup of coffee. Let's get to the show. Oh, look, Barstool just posted my buddy Evan. He's a Barstool athlete. Oh, word. Look at that. Who's he play for? Us. That's our pitcher. Barstool athlete, like as in this new. So, Barstool put up Dave Portnoy. Yeah. He put out a video saying that. You think that's going to be good? We're about to find out. Oh, that's what you're doing. That's Pop making a guest appearance. It's better. Okay, so yeah, we got cut off for a second. Probably edited in a, uh, a commercial. Um, 
Yeah, so there are, there are a lot. Like, I, I really do think that you're downplaying kind of the significance for even players at your school because you just mentioned a player at your school who is now a bar school athlete. Yeah. Right, so, yeah, yeah I definitely understand that, like, I would imagine schools like um, – Is that new there? Like, you just got sponsored. So, the thing, uh, the thing with Barstool is they, they've they been begging for this to happen for years and years. So, whenever the rule came out, he said – Basically, he said in easy terms, if you DM me or email me, he's like, you're a Barstool athlete. He's like, I mean, they're going to send us like shirts, just like little yeah. products, nothing, not this big, these big sponsorship things, nothing like that. So it's not like that big of a deal. It's just like one of the first things that you hear, like, oh, he's a Barstool athlete, which is, I mean, if you go into the Twitter or the Instagram, they've been posting 100 kids a day. I mean, they emailed me back. I had to send them a picture. And as soon as they get my picture, I put it in my bio and I just wait for them to send me a shirt. Yeah. Or like a shotgun, like a, like a, a koozie. So they won't pay you, they'll just, no. you'll brand for them. But that was, you couldn't receive. Uh, no, I could never do that before. Right. Which is huge because like, okay, now you're like, you get a platform for others to highlight you, right? There's all of these opportunities for smaller media companies like Barstool Sports to pick up college athletes who are maybe like, you know, uh, four-star athletes as opposed to five-stars. They're not in a big five school, but they're good players. They're doing well. They're doing big things. Maybe they got a good face. They have something about them that is marketable. You get one of these smaller companies to pick you up as a sponsor. They're now marketing you, right? They're, yeah. or they're using you in their marketing program. Almost to market themselves. Almost to market themselves, but it gives you visibility. Right. And so you would imagine that like, okay, you get to this Barstool sport for, for Barstool. You're now showing up like on their feeds, on things like, like the, their website and their app on their Facebook and their Instagram. It's not big starting out, but now all of a sudden you're getting visibility with other companies who might be interested in doing the same thing. So maybe that first one doesn't pay anything, but if you are a highly marketable person, like, you know, their average uh, likes on a, an athlete post are getting something like 10,000 and then you get 100,000, right? The internet determines that like your face is highly marketable. Now all of a sudden you have the opportunity to get picked up maybe for money with other media companies. No, for sure. No, I agree. So it's not yeah. just how it affects the university or like that athletic program at that school. You now have the ability to go and market yourself. Right. Regardless of where you think that you're going to end up, and right before we got to the off, you were saying that you can, you think you can have an agent now. No, so I, I'm not sure, but you said yeah. So before, yeah. I don't even think as a college athlete you can have an advisor. Like, I don't even think you can have an advisor because I, from personal experience, we talked to one guy. He's an agent, you know, an agent for MLB players and other sports. But we were going to offer him behind the scene money to be my advisor whenever I really wanted to play professional sports. And he was just like, look, man, it's almost too much of a risk for me to take right now. Wait until your senior or junior year draft year and maybe we can talk. So it's, but that's all behind the scene. It didn't happen. Mm. But now I'm pretty sure money could be exchanged in order for you to be presented by somebody else as your agent in college sports. So I haven't seen it for that. I mean, the only, it, it technically would be an agent, like a talent agent, yeah. essentially. So if you're getting, so there's a kid that plays, and I keep alluding to Alabama because I follow it closely, but there's a kid that plays for Alabama, a true freshman from Alabama, somewhere close to Tuscaloosa, five-star cornerback slash athlete, but that's what he's going to play at uh, Alabama. 
and they call him, his name's to Quincy McKinstry, but he's always been called Kool-Aid. So now he's got a sponsorship from Kool-Aid. Yeah. So in order to bridge that gap until he is, there's somebody that has to help him work that deal, right? right. That contract, because there's money exchanged. It's an 18 year old kid. Yeah. Like this probably see, doesn't have a whole lot of resources to navigate that. No, no, see our school, we received an email and a Twitter put out this article that one of our guys did. So I can only imagine what Alabama and them are doing, but we're setting up a program with our athletic program that's gonna like educate us on it and then like have like individual help whenever it comes to this, yeah. like the bigger name to go in and say, hey, look, I'm being contacted by this. There's someone in our university now that we go to talk to right. about this specific, the NIL stuff. And so I'm sure it's huge right? Alabama like, and stuff, they probably are sure. They'll have a whole department. Yeah, before all of this, your school couldn't offer you advice on like how to prepare yourself for a professional career, right? I mean, I'll be honest, I don't let you know there's no one I would go to talk to about that. But could you? Like, I don't know who. In what sense are you saying? Like, yeah. Like, what, like, was your, like, just like under the NCAA guidelines, regulations and whatnot, could your athletic director make suggestions to you of things that you should be doing outside of the baseball program to make yourself more marketable to professional sports teams or when you make the transition, if you do? That would be more from our coaches. If the coaches were like legally speaking allowed to do that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not money. Not, not discussing money, right? But like putting yourself out there, yeah. They can give you agents. They can, yeah. They can send you to camp. They can do all that stuff. Like one of our, like one of our guys, yeah. One of our guys, he got drafted. I mean, late rounds, but he made good money. And his agent was basically our hitting coach at the time. Like he didn't, he wasn't an agent, but he just had like, hey man, look, he wanted to play professional baseball. He was a good athlete, and our coach had played for the Yankees. He was unreal has a hit record at Alabama, big, big name guy. And so whenever he had questions and he was like, look, this guy's calling me saying this, he would just go to do guy, do guy would tell him, hey man, look, you tell him this, do this, do that, and go tell the next guy the same thing. So like, that was like, that was as far as we get as into like helping us. What was the situation with agents previously? Like, could you have an agent? No. You couldn't. When, at what point could you have an agent? Once after you're once you're a professional athlete. Well, don't once a lot draft of eligible. Once, yeah, once you're draft eligible, because right. you gotta have somebody. That, you have you have this thing called an advisor. Yeah. Advisors, but advisors only take on kids like. I mean, I'm talking about like. The, the Dylan Cruises, the Alex Bregmans, like Tim Tebow's, like top three rounds, like the kids top that's rounds. the kids that are going to make the money. Yeah. Like what? Like let's say I play, I have a great year, I get drafted for ten thousand dollars. What eight? An agent gets a percent of that. Why would they want to come take my two hundred? That's like six percent, so you get sixty dollars. Yeah, like what, what are they? Like you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's no point of them coming, put their time and effort into somebody like me as a college athlete when they could wait, let you go play minor league ball for two years, and then you need a big name agent because you're making so much money, you don't know what to do with it. Right. You get an agent, you get a big contract, and that's the type of guy. Like that's the type of guys that they go after. But now, you go take a risk on a freshman at at a small D one who hits four hundred with fifteen bombs. You can you can put that time and effort because you can get paid for it now. Yeah. So That's I good. want to shift your quick question. You ever think that they'll change the eligibility? So you know, like basketball, you have to go one year. Mm -hmm. Baseball three, football three. You ever baseball three baseball? or twenty one? 
Yeah. So I have a friend that was 21 as talking. Yeah. He didn't take money, but you think that I would change? It's 21. So like, if you're an American high school athlete, you could leave the country, go play somewhere else out of high school, and then come back once you're 21 and be eligible for the draft here. You can't. You can't come back and play. So the ball situation. Uh, Melo Ball and all them. Yeah, Monza Ball. They went to Europe. He went play. He came back and he couldn't go to school, right? I don't think he could. I don't know. I just know he did. I'm pretty sure as soon as you. I'm pretty sure. And they tried to fight it. Pretty sure as soon as you accept money as an athlete. Yeah, you can't. You, can't, you definitely can't go to. College. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. sure. Oh, so you're asking about coming play? Session? If, I so like, let's talk with baseball, right? Because that's where uh-huh. you play. So you let's see, you graduate high school. You're a blue chip high school baseball player, yeah. right? Like maybe you win a state championship, or like you know you're playing like AAU, you win a national championship, whatever. You don't want to go play college ball. You want to start making money, but you have to go at least three years in college here or turn 21. No, you can drive to high school here. You can. You can drive to high school. And for baseball, it's only sport. Only sport. It used to be that way with basketball. That's a, it used to be that way with yeah, basketball. That was cut off like after LeBron, that's like true. three or four years. That's after LeBron. 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 That was Jay. Was it at? I think so. LeBron. Yeah. Because Kobe didn't play in college. No, he no. played. He got drafted at seventeen years. I'm old. pretty sure it's right. LeBron was drafted right senior high school. Yeah, that was the last year at Kobe. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't go profit. I mean, in in baseball. It's not like what it is. You for, just can't go back to college once you. No, yeah, but it's, it's not like it's right. not like what it is for basketball. Like you can't go to the European league and profit that way. I mean, Puerto Rico's got a couple different leagues. They got but baseball. You go play college, or you get drafted in a certain round and play in farm leagues and then minors and whatever. And then that's where you make the money. You're gonna make the money there. Hey, you need something? He's, he can come this up. All right, let's uh, let's just hear it for a minute. But your question, Shane. No, I don't. No, no, no. You know what? I don't think that that will ever change because with me, I'm always wondering why it is. You know, like I've never, I've never understood that, and I, I understand it more so. Like I said, I follow football a lot more. I understand it more. Why so do you think football? It's a maturation thing, just a safety issue. I, That's what I was. Gonna you, say. you don't have, you can't have seven eighteen-year-olds with the NFL. No, you just can't. Oh, and, I, a nineteen-year-old or a twenty-year-old. You gotta send somebody that's like you're 21 if you yeah, right. like I, I think there's a good argument you made that you should like not go play pro football until you're 24, 25. Well, then you got shirt on your tires. Uh I mean it depends on what you're doing, right? It really depends on what you're doing. So like, I don't know. Well, uh I no, no, I don't mean what position you're playing. I mean like how your career is managed up at that point. So one of the things that I was I can't remember who I was listening to, but it's one of these like pitching performance coaches, and he has like one of these like pitching labs that hook you up to like mm-hmm. the like all the sensors and like that. Yeah, so like one of the things that they look at is like what kind of volume can a pitcher handle, mm-hmm. right? Like and basically every pitcher, it's not like finite over the period of term, the, the 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 length of your career, right? Because every time that you take a break, you're out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what is the maximum number of pitches? Uh, I, disagree that. I disagree with that. Well, no, as long as you're all, as long as you're always fully recovering before pitching again, yeah, but like anything else, you're working pitch. out, right? So let's talk about like bicep curl. See, but I just so I just I think flip. I think baseball with throwing that I learned because I'm hurt. I'm injured right now. I have a torn labrum, so I know. And he's told me, he's like, with this, no matter how strong I am, no matter how much recovery I have, there's just, it's wear and tear. You're like, it's just like a truck. It's just going to be not a normal position for your arms. Not supposed to do this. So there's always going to be, I don't think there's a pitcher in the United States that's older than 25, that's playing competitive baseball, that doesn't have some type of tear or injury inside their shoulder that okay. they don't know about. So, you know, 
Basketball is some, probably somewhere more in the middle. I'd say, you know, <clears throat> sports like uh, like MMA, mm-hmm. baseball, uh, not baseball, basketball, football, football for sure, MMA for sure, hockey for sure, yeah. where there's like a lot of physical contact and there's a lot of TBIs, right? Mm-hmm. That those, it's like a maturation thing where like you need to be fully physically developed before you go like hot and heavy in the sport because if you don't, you risk like your brain. life. Well, yeah, because like your brain as like a male, your brain's not fully developed until like between 25 and 28 years old, right? So if you're 21 years old and you're getting hit by 245 pound linebackers running 4440s, like you're gonna be messed up. Like you're stunting the development of your your uh, your, your your brain development. Um, baseball is really not like that. Like no, there's no, really no risk. Like there's no reason to hold off. I would think that if you were a good enough athlete, that and that's why you get drafted. I mean, uh, high school. I mean, I have a buddy, his name's Yo Antonak. He's 6'10", throws 90 miles an hour. He's from France. He came here, I'm pretty sure he was 16, from France. And so we also have Canadians on the team. They, what the other countries do, what I think the U.S. should do, is that's why our, all of our professional athletes are becoming mm-hmm. in baseball. Because, dude, at five years old, they're going to school from 8 to 12, eight to 12 and it's only baseball. Especially the Dominican, too. That's what I'm saying. Then it's a one to four, you're playing baseball. And then from like four to five, you're in a classroom in Europe. Exactly. So what I'm saying is like he came here when he was 16 and got – or 17 and signed a $200,000 contract Mm. and started going to throw for the the Phillies. Yeah. Like – and I mean, in their farm system. But like you can get drafted, I'm pretty sure – any age from the other countries, mm-hmm. a foreign contract. So, I mean, soccer, Free you have players that are signing with the biggest franchises at like seven years old, mm-hmm. eight years old, nine years old, and they get in these like uh, academy programs That's where like doing. you were an employee of the franchise as a child. Um, you know, it's one of those things where like I don't know what the answer for, well, no one really young is trying to do it. There are a lot of young boxers, but like, when do you see 17 year olds trying to compete in them? But MMA is still fairly new. Though. It is. I, mean, I, I think that's coming. So it, it is, is. It is. And you got to think about the market for MMA. The maturation in that aspect is huge. Conor McGregor in papers. Change so it's all. But you got you, I mean, that's one of those things. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say you got on a libertarian. Like, you know, I feel like you should go to do whatever you want to do. But in terms of like protecting athletes, like, when you're in a development program, which is basically what a university is, mm-hmm. if you're an athlete there, right? Like you, you are there to get an education, but like if you're a college athlete, how much attention are the athletes on average paying to paying to their their academics? I'm in school three years. Okay, class three. Right. Um, okay, with the baseball, it's one of those things where it's like okay, the universities are trying to maximize on the potential of those athletes while they're there. But then we're looking now, you know, with the, that sport being mature and we're looking at how, you know, the amount of like Alzheimer's and dementia, the amount of, um, uh, what, what is the, uh, when you get like repeated, uh, brain, TBI. You know, repeated TBI, um, I don't like know what it's called, but like there, there's a lot of like cognitive issues with these athletes, you know, specifically. I mean, I think football is the biggest one, right? Like, no one's getting hit in the head playing baseball. Like, if you do, it's a freak accident, right? You might get the ball to the helmet. I mean, when you're out for two weeks or something like that. Yeah. In, in it. football, it's like, okay, you get a concussion on a Saturday, you're probably playing the next yeah. game. You may not be able to practice for a few days after that, but, like, you're probably game ready by the next game. Well, the tough thing about football is, I mean, dude, you have, like, you have kids at Alabama. You're in an NFL program. 
Alabama is more profitable than some NFL programs. Which not not even not even just Alabama. I mean now Clemson, all these other schools. Yeah, at least ten. I mean yeah. at least at least ten. But every single guy on the line, defense and offensive line, every safety, every linebacker, every running back, they're all NFL caliber players. Every so you gotta one. think about it. From 17, 18 years old, you're going to you're basically in the NFL. Yeah. You are getting hit every day. For a long, not every, you know what I mean. From grown, but ass I mean men. grown ass men that yeah. NFL size players. Like, yeah, I mean it's just that's why. I mean, even going back to his question, that's why I don't think they can change that rule. Besides going as far as you have to go to college for four years. Yeah, but then again, you're getting the. I, I, now the question for me is like, why would you want to go back for you before this NIL thing? It was like, why would you go for the fourth year when you get paid? That one year going to play the same shit. Well, but now it's like, so football inherently is a contact sport, right? But mm-hmm. from knowing, like, like you're talking, I've got a bunch of friends that are in some level of the pros of baseball, mm-hmm. and the level of injuries and the number of injuries within each level of team, farm league, you know, single A, double A. Once you get, I mean, it, it is a career ender, and the problem is, is that you, you talk about basketball, you, you have AAU with travel ball. You know, I know you probably mm-hmm. played a ton. I played a ton. But, you know, you got kids throwing curveballs at 11, 12 years old. Yeah. So what's their shelf life, right? I mean, because you talk about, you know, throwing a fastball, it's not a normal movement, right? No. Softball is only one, but you're throwing a curveball on top of that when you're 10, yeah. 12 years old. Well, now you have 13, 12, 12 13, 14-year-olds going 90 miles an hour. 90 miles an hour, right. yeah. But right. what happens is they – And they're not fully developed. They're not fully developed. Yeah, that's they're why – hurt. That's why the Tommy John risk right now and, like, the labrum surgeries, the Tommy John. Tommy John is, first of all, it's the best baseball injury you can get. Yeah. It's the comeback injury. Right. But then again, it's like. Well, that and ACL. 13, 14. Yeah, kind of. But, but you don't see ACLs very much in baseball. Not too you much. Can, no, it's football and basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about baseball specifically. But it's like the comeback injury for, for those oh, sports. Yeah, yeah. One of those things like there's 100% almost 100% success rate in like surgery. Mm-hmm. And then. If you have a 20 ACL, it's an indicator that you had a weak at the ACL to begin with. Yeah. And then there's like what, like a four or 5% rate of like re injury with that surgery. Yeah. So once you have it done, it's like not a risk again. With right rehab. With the right rehab, yeah, of course. Yeah. So what, what, what do you think the, the answer is for that? Because I think my like. For what? For managing the shelf life of players, right? So there's like been a big conversation. There's a book out about it. I'm blanking what the name is, where they compare Roger Federer with Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. right? So Tiger Woods is sort of the poster child for special specializing in a sport from a very young age. Obviously, you know the numbers of injuries that occur with golf very yeah. low compared to other sports. Obviously, Tiger's been injured a number of times, but it's not it's not the same as like a contact injury in basketball or football or like you know a torn rotator cuff. Yeah. Usually, yeah. So, I mean, you know, probably just like some physical therapy and you're good to go in a month or so. Um, then you have Roger Federer. And Roger Federer didn't commit to playing tennis full-time until he was like 18 years old. Ended up going pro at 19. Up to that point, he played uh, soccer. He was really big in downhill skiing. Um, he played a lot of golf. He played all of these other things. Tennis was one of the sports he played. Now, if we look at the way that the careers of both of those athletes panned out, they're both the best that have ever played their respective sports, yeah. right? Well, Very few people will argue that Roger Federer is the greatest tennis player. That's okay. Yeah, I'm not, right. I'm talking about he Tiger is, Woods. Yeah. Tiger Woods. It, yeah. Okay. It's debatable. 
at the very least, everyone will agree he is he's one a, he's a of he's a the best that has ever played golf. Okay, or any so, sport, or any sport. Is- Roger Federer, same way. Like you're just talking about one of the most dominant athletes that's ever lived over decades, right? And Roger Federer has been playing since 1998, and it's 2021, right? So he's in his 24th year of professional tennis. Yeah, he's taken very few breaks, and he's remained a top three or four tennis player throughout his whole career. Okay, same thing with Tiger Woods. When he's playing, he's at the top of the game. He may not be winning the Masters, he may not be winning the US Open, he may not be winning the British Open, but he's always a contender at every tournament that he goes to. Now, you look at one who his dad had him playing golf for what, two or three years old? And you look at Roger Federer who didn't commit to tennis until he was 18 years old after he played all of these other sports. They still ended up in the same place, right? So I think that same argument could be applied to athletes in any sport, right? Like. If you have an athlete and you're like, I think he should, he will be a very good baseball player. Should you just be hammering? So you know, baseball? I think the question you're trying to ask is, should kids play some more? Basically, that's what you're asking, right? It's part of them. So basically, like, should they play year round, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I, I say no. Personally, how many kids have you seen be burnt out like in the course of your career? Oh, you feel like, I'm sick of this. I'm sick. I've been traveling since I was nine years old. I'm done. Yeah, you. That's every kid, bro. That's why I have a job. Yep. Yes. And you're 10. It's fun until you get a certain age. I mean, yeah. Like, see, I was a pitcher, I was an outfitter. And so, like, I was. Your pitchers are carved out, man. Dude. Especially that, the inherent nature of what they do. On a day in day out, especially a starter. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're throwing ninety to one hundred and fifteen pitches a game. Like that's insane. Like, like, as far as like football, should we be playing? But they don't tackle football. See, see. Uh, well, you're saying from that. I mean, I mean, you know, like what are really some general like life rules for sports in general? If we're talking a lot about baseball right now, but like a lot of the same <laughs> principles apply across sports, especially when it comes to the mental aspect of it. Right? We're talking about you know now. How many athletes get burnt out? They're tired of the grind. We're like, okay, we play school ball six months out of the year. We take two weeks off, and then we're playing summer ball, and then we're playing fall ball, and then we're starting scrimmages, and then we're back to the regular season. And you can only do that for so long before you're like, yo, if I see another baseball, I'm going to – That's college sports, and personally, I think that's why – I mean, and helping families, but like the NIL thing, the making money thing, I feel like that's a big reason when it comes to like this being burnt out feeling. I feel like the NIL is going to help that because now it's, 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 it's a job. Yeah. Because now you have kids like a big, like speedy at my school. Yeah. She wasn't going to come back. She was going to go home. I mean, who knows where she was going, Lord. I should just go, you know what I'm saying? She went, I mean, poor baby. Like she just poor, poor, poor. Who knows where she comes from? Like, probably doesn't have a like a like an idea of what she wants to do. Well, now NIL comes out. She's like, I'm coming back my fifth year because she's gonna kill it. Well, she's gonna you, kill you've it. Got the difference in men and women's sports too. That we, don't have, we don't have to get into that. I mean, but you got a whole different way to monetize your name than females. Well, that's huge. It's the same way. Professional. It's gonna be the same issue. Exactly. Well, no, it's. I, I think it's really different, right? A different issue. I think, like. Women college athletes get a lot more love than professional female athletes, right? Yeah, they still like love. Dude, think about like if you were a like like the best female college basketball player, or you're the best female WNBA player. But but who do you think is going to get more attention? I think the college 
Exactly. I, I mean, so where is the earning potential for the best female athletes? College. So let's say oh, the Olympics. Okay, yeah. And college. college. It's not pro. Not at it's all. It's in the Okay, but going. Okay, never mind. There's right. no pro softball either. No. So we're only talking pro tennis, Baseball, pro dude, and well, pro there basketball. is um, national, like what is? Yeah, the Olympic team, but they're not made. You know what? Professional uh, basketball player, uh, theme of the WNBA, they made like a hundred grand a year. Mm-hmm. At, at most. most. At most. That's a bit. That's a big player. Like <laughs> your Candace Parkers. Yeah. But like, see the type of girl now, like Libby Dunn. I don't know if you know that. She's the gymnast at LSU, and my God, one, she's very attractive female. But two, dude, she has two million followers on Instagram already. Yes. She's 19 years old. And she's so, had a lot of capital on that. And oh, dude, now? Yeah, you, under she, the old rules, she was but, not. Oh, no. Do. Think it's about what she can make off Instagram. Hey, That's why now, the is, Instagram, is TikTok, Twitter, she has a million. Oh, TikTok? So she's also a TikToker. So, I mean, dude, she, a type of girl like that. But then, I mean, each big school has a gymnast like that. Every school with, with gymnastics and those type of things, they have a girl like that. Every single one, you can leave the roster. Yeah. So, I mean, I think girls have a lot of good potential in this rule. Yeah. In college. Yeah. Okay. A lot. Well, that's it's just a video. How old are you? What's, what year are you in? I'm going to be a junior. Academic and sports. I'm a senior in school, junior 